Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Today's guest uh, is Brian Johnson, and Brian is the founder and owner of Maine and Johnson, a Charlotte, North Carolina-based business consulting and coaching company that's aimed at seeing small to medium businesses thrive, not just survive. Brian's a, pervas- a persuasive and adaptable top performer who's skilled in establishing, managing, and mentoring key executives and business owners, as well as individual contributors in a business. He has a passion for changing the cultural fabric of people leadership, marketing, and sales in companies by empowering teams to exceed goals. So grab a pen and a a pad of paper and get ready to take some notes as I introduce uh, Brian Johnson. Brian, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Bill, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Brian. One of the things we like to do before we get into the meat of the interview is uh, give our listeners a sense of who you are. So tell us a little bit more about you and your background and and uh, how you help folks. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. And uh, so uh, a Midwest guy, kind of uh, Ohio my whole life, uh, spent uh, 20-some years in the Fortune 500 world, had a really unique opportunity to travel the world, which uh, is, is more and more common these days, uh, but also in that got to uh, work in a lot of different positions. Uh, within the corporate structure and, and different, I guess, disciplines uh, within the organization. Um, got relocated down to Charlotte, uh, still working in that space, and uh, had an opportunity to uh, stay put and uh, start something on my own and really kind of uh, really assess, you know, where did I want to be? Did I want to be back in, you know, as a VP of sales or, or doing something uh, a little bit uh, more locally based at the beginning and then broadening that? And so, uh, started my own company working with first small businesses uh, to kind of establish sort of a revenue stream on just helping them work to grow. But what I realized is a lot of the businesses that were out there uh, very much needed to look not just at how do I grow, but how does this whole process look and and, and started getting into a little bit more of the consulting and, and uh, advising in that realm. So, um, you know, had my company now for a little over three years, uh, again, Charlotte-based, but uh, as we all found out, kind of during the, the COVID situation, a lot of stuff can be done uh, centrally located, but uh, virtually and, and got an opportunity during that time to really expand out uh, beyond kind of the, the North Carolina borders. So, um, but that's, that's sort of it in a nutshell, Bill. Uh, Brian, uh, what, are, what were some of the biggest differences you saw from working in a big corporation uh, to, to what you're seeing um, what I call the chief everything officers of a small business, the CEOs, <laughs> to what you're seeing them do. What are some of the biggest, the biggest ahas that you had when you looked at? Okay, I came from a big corporate world, but boy, these these people are really they're, they're 
job description is, is everything. Yeah, actually, and, and to be honest, I may steal that. The, the chief everything officers pretty much clicks right on there. But uh, you're right. And, and I think the big thing is it's got to really come down to just resources. I, I mean, in the end, you know, when you own your own business, you're, you're, you're CEO of it, which, you know, is more than just kind of uh, oversight and guidance generally. A lot of times it comes down to I've got a great plan. I've got an idea. But, man, it's just really tough sometimes to peel back and have the resources that, you know, I became accustomed to and getting out there, you know, it was a quick stark reality when, you know, you sit down with somebody and you say, this is what you should do. And they're like, well, I know that, but how do I make that work? And uh, that was one of the things that we quickly found a, a niche with is, especially in that exit planning process is really, it's not just, you know, the steps to take, but actually working with them on the execution in those phases. So uh, resources was probably that eye-opening thing that, you know, you knew it, but you didn't really know it until you saw it. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, You know, one of the big things that make a business unattractive to a potential buyer is when the owner is, is, you know, doing everything and, and, uh, they haven't either had the resources to delegate properly or they you know they just they're going to they're going to leave and now all that stuff's not going to get done how do you or what ways do you identify businesses to understand their current situation and when they should be planning for their exit yeah there there's always the desire to have a magic number and and of course you've got to take a look at you know outside environment i'm i'm sure anybody that was thinking 3 years ago hey I might want to get out of this thing in, in three to five years and then the pandemic hits and, and they might've said like, scratch that. I'm thinking, you know, right now. So, so timing has something to do with it. But I think when you look inside the company, a lot comes down to how are they operating today? Um, where might some low hanging fruit be in just in terms of, you know, making it more efficient. I mean, in the end, when you're buying somebody's business, you, you want it to run, and, and I mean, you, you really hope it just takes off right away without a lot of your hard sweat, you know, blood and tears going into it. But at the same time, when you're looking to sell, like, how do you get to that point where I've got something so attractive that people want to overinvest in it to get it? And uh, we usually kind of assess first, you know, where are you? What's the, what's the current things you do well? You know, where, where are the areas of opportunity? And what are the capabilities? Because in a lot of cases, like you mentioned, it's, you know, I, I know I need something to be done. I need to delegate more. I need this to be more hands-off and attractive before I sell. But what if I don't even have that capability within the organization? So a lot of times that planning is greater. As you mentioned, you know, uh, the best time to, to have uh, planned this out was five years ago. The next best time <laughs> is today. And, and a lot of that right. really comes from the same standpoint of, there are things you may need to go do and invest in in your business to make it more attractive to sell. And so it's not usually a rush to get rid of things. It might be, how do I add before I start, you know, trying to, to, to subtract. Yeah. And of course, you know, we have uh, gone through these challenging times that were totally unexpected. Hey, we, we don't know what's ahead, but you know, a lot of these owners that have, that we're talking to you and I, that they've been through, recessions before they went through 2008 2009 10 11 and they know that you know hey um there's a good time to sell and there's there's a not so good time to sell but i better be ready uh for anything so now's the time to start planning to get ready one of the things we talk about is you know a lot of owners 
find out their value is a lot lower than they thought and they need to implement some growth strategies. And I know one of the things that you talk about is, is growth strategies in challenging times. What can you share with us on that topic? Yeah, and, and I would say your audience probably has a really good grasp of this to an extent as well, which is, you know, a lot of the, the businesses that you see are out there right now. I mean, not all of them are out there for 30, 40 years, right? So some of them are 10 years and younger, even having gone through the COVID pandemic, which, you know, when you look back from a high level, that's a, that's a blip in the map in terms of just kind of the cycle that we go through. But in a lot of cases, businesses that are out there now are growing, but are they really growing or are they just participating in a growing market? I mean, if the economy keeps improving year over year, and you're out there and available, you're going to grow. And we always kind of say, like, if your pie is getting bigger, your slice should get bigger. And then the question becomes, well, if you're kind of navigating through maybe a period of, of not so, um, I guess, prolific economic conditions, then you get into that point of how are you growing your business if it's not in your control, meaning people aren't waving money at you trying to spend it. What happens when you have mm -hmm. to go hunt for it? And, and the thought is, if you keep the same pie example, how do you get your slice bigger even if the pie's not getting bigger? Well, you, you have to have strategies on taking away chunks of somebody else's slice. And, you know, if you keep going down that road, if, if that becomes a challenge or, or maybe you've got a strategy there, great, let's grow that one. What happens if you've got to do something to entice more people to want to be in your pie, not your competitors, but make your pie bigger, not because it's growing, but because you're adding to it. You know, and that's kind of what we, we look at as more um, transformational strategy, which is I may create more demand for what it is I do, even though that demand may buy for my competition. I've just created a bigger market overall. And when, when you know, companies are working to do that, they may create a more attractive space. I mean, clearly, if you're going to buy, you want to buy in a healthy market, regardless of the company you're buying in. So if that market keeps growing, the opportunity mm -hmm. is always there to go take it or grow with it. Um, and then some other things we look at is another great way to differentiate your business is what little adjacencies might I add to it that maybe the next new owner would come in and say, wow, you kind of, that's a little, a bud, a seedling here, but that's got some potential. We really like how this is laid out. And so you give yourselves the best option. It's kind of like putting a patio on the, you know, putting a deck on the back of the house. Yeah, yeah, they, they may love it because they want it. You may never really use it but it's there and it gives them the potential to really enjoy it when they buy your house. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Uh, I just got back from, from fly fishing up in, up in Montana and, uh, you know, the guide was saying, you know, it, it's not what I put on the end of the line. It's what I don't put on the end of the line. Uh, when in certain times of day, we want to attract fish, you know, so same thing with buyers. You really need to, to understand what they're looking for uh, and you have something called the airline analogy for business. What's that? Yeah, so one of the things we do, and we work beyond just exit planning, and, and, and that's just kind of a function of how our business works. But one of the things we utilize as a method to try to, you know, simplify and have a conversation with anyone without knowing the ins and outs of their industry around where they are in kind of the business cycle, the business life cycle. And so I used to live my life, you know, 30,000 feet and above, and, you know, it kind of always resonated with me. And I thought, well, if I can articulate it, go with it. And it's basically, if you broke down kind of the business life cycle into four phases, and you might move in and out of it in business, an airline follows a very similar pattern. So if you've got takeoff, for example, your business startup phase, you know, if you're on a plane, it's seat back in the upright lock position, tray table stowed, 
bags underneath the seat in front of you, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's to earn the right to take off. You know, that, that gets you out on the tarmac, gets you out on the runway, and then somebody has to say you're clear to, you're clear to take off. Same thing in business when you're starting out. You've got a checklist of things you've got to do, business plan, funding. You know, do I, do I know, even know where I'm headed in this business just to get started, just to be legitimate? You know, then the second mm-hmm. phase is sort of the ascension phase on a plane. How the heck do I get to 30,000 feet it's seemingly as fast as possible without being a rocket going vertical? And, and that's really everybody stays in their seat on the plane. Nobody moves around. Nobody's using the bathroom. Everybody is sort of all positioned for just one thing, and that's 30,000 feet. Same thing in business. At that point, that's your – I'm building my sustainable business, but I'm kind of really surviving right now. Like I need my top line to be big enough to pay my bills and stuff like that, get to the point where I can pay myself all of that, everybody's 30,000 feet is different, but you know when you meet somebody in that mode because they're basically willing to say yes just about to any sort of income yeah. and revenue as they're growing and stuff. We've all been there. Right. You know? Right. Then you get to that, that cruising out. Probably the majority of time most businesses exist, and that's, you know, where the seatbelts come off. You can get up and walk around. You know, airlines come out, and they, they, this is where they make their loyalty. They, they serve the drinks, the cookies. One has better coffee than another. You know, this is where in business, you know, you're working on your profitability and efficiencies. You know, how do I be more effective? How do I put in the right customer strategy, employee, employee retention strategies, things like that. But that part of the journey is I'm not so worried about surviving. I may grow. I may adjust for turbulence, mm-hmm. things like that. But I'm in that mode where I'm, at, I'm relevant, and now how do I stay relevant? How do I stay at 30,000 feet or whatever that level is? And then eventually dissension, which is probably a little bit more what we're talking about. And that's, hey, I – I, I'm starting that initial descent. If you notice on a plane, it takes you 10 minutes to get to 30,000 feet. It takes you an hour to get to the ground once you start descending. So it's natural that that process should be a little bit longer and well thought out. So it's nice and smooth when you land. Um, and we tell people we'll help you get to the point that you can sell, get to the point if you need to hand it off to somebody in your family that will help make sure that they're ready to go and trained up, um, but really build that out so that you, you do have that nice soft landing. So those are the four phases. We kind of use that analogy to identify where businesses are at so that we approach them in the right way. I love that analogy. And when you think about it, everybody's, everybody's a little bit more tense on the takeoff and the landing, right? <laughs> Things are a little bit more uh, urgent people. You know, if people are, uh, uh, if they're, if they're folding their hands and praying, it's probably your takeoff and landing. <laughs> not at the middle. So I really like that You're analogy. It's right. that's it, <laughs> it's clear why why you're successful at what you do, the way you describe things. I like that. So tell us a little bit about more. Uh, one of the things that, that you uh, you sent me earlier was uh, business owners really need to get out of their own way in business. Um, and, and I get what you mean, but maybe elaborate on that for, for the audience a little bit. This is especially prevalent when you're looking to, to plan that exit. And a lot of it is I've spent my whole you know, life doing this or to whatever extent you've invested in it, you're, you're waiting to capitalize on that investment. And a lot of times it's difficult to look at that situation and say like, Hey, I've been doing this for a while. All of a sudden I've got to build a model that delegates. And when I say get out of your own way, you're clearly successful for a reason. Nobody goes to sell something that's not worth anything. So you've, you've done a great job, but sometimes you're not the best person to be doing everything that needs to happen in order to get the most value out of that business. And that's where that delegation that you mentioned kind of really comes into play. And we, we try to make sure that when we put together those plans and especially around the ease of execution, that it's very clear, you know, where you're going to be useful and, and what's the best 
um, use of that time resource that only you have versus where can we delegate because clearly in the end, that system that runs without the previous owner is always one that's a little bit more attractive. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, you know, that is that is a big challenge for a lot of owners, as we said earlier, is, is uh, they're used to doing things their way, uh, but nobody else might know how, how, that's, how to do that, you know, and so they really need to take care to document and create their SOPs and all that kind of stuff, standard operating procedures. Hey, uh, you have a couple tips for how to uh, effective ways to increase your price in your business. Could you share that with our listeners? Yeah, and, and I mean, a lot of times when somebody's buying a business, they're, they're really in truth buying, you know, the functionality, but also the book of business. So they're, they're looking at how sustainable is the business that I'm inheriting as I go in. Um, aside from, you know, having things locked up to, to be there and ready to go, one of the things you, you always need to be looking at in your business is, you know, yes, my customers are important. Absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about that. But not all customers are created equally. And in a lot of cases, people have a fear over price simply because of the implications they believe it will have when 90% of the time, more people are buying on some value you're providing, not, not the actual price. Um, that doesn't even account into switching costs and stuff like that. But when we look at that, there's a lot of, lot of uh, I'd say, cause for assessing our customer base and being able to segment them out into categorizations that say, hey, if I've got an A customer because of these things, I'm going to do this with my A customers. You know, if they happen mm -hmm. to be an F or a D customer, what am I doing to either move them up or move them out? I always tell people the best gift you can give your competition is your worst customers. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's that's a good point. Really good point. Uh, a ton of great information so far, uh, Brian. You you really uh, have have nailed a lot of these things perfectly. How do you best engage with businesses to get them to the exit they seek? Yeah, we, we go through a process where we sit down and kind of really understand what that success looks like to them. Um, you know, we, we also interject things to consider. Like you mentioned, timing is sometimes everything. There's a good time to buy, a good time to sell, and that gets factored in. But really, what's that desired state look like, and, and how does that look along the way? I mean, a lot of people visualize mm -hmm. the end and where they're at, but there's steps in there. Like, it's not an instant, like, okay, I'm delegating tomorrow, and that's it, and that's the end of it. So we kind of work with them to kind of build a timeline based on the input that they've got and where they see their ability to kind of take those steps and phases to get from here to there. And that's, that's totally different for every business. So we don't want to come in and say, here's what you got to do. We want to listen and really understand and say, we're going to work with you to build this plan out so that it's, it's something you're going to want to embrace and run with to get what you're looking for. Yeah. Good point. Cause uh, some people might want to, you know, we always tell people, yeah, it's your, it's the three T's, right? It's your, it's your timing, it's your target. Who do you want to be the future owner, and and the treasure? What do you want to get out of this thing? What you know, what do you need to get out of this thing, and what's it worth? There's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot uh, to this. I really like uh, the conversation that we've had today. Tell us how our listeners can best get in touch with you and maybe, you know, what, what they might find at your website that would help them decide whether to give you a call or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our website's uh, www.businessconsultingcharlotte.com. Uh, that's a great place to just see the different ways that we interact with businesses. Um, we found businesses that go in with an exit plan in mind and they come out thinking, I want to run this for a while longer. That's great. We can, we can help there too. Um, but that'll give you an idea of the, the services that we offer. 
Um, you can also find uh, find me on LinkedIn. Find us on LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's Brian Johnson two eight one two zero if that's how they work. Um, but uh, the great ways to do it. We love meeting new business owners. We learn every time we talk with them. And if we're a good fit for somebody, we're happy to engage and help them get uh, get to that uh, I guess dissension and landing that they're looking for. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking at your website. It talks about one-to-one coaching, seminars, workshops, mastermind groups. You all really help to educate people how, you know, what they, what maybe the task at hand is going to look like to help them uh, get to know you and decide uh, whether, you know, they, they want to get involved or not. And that's really what consumers are looking for, and that's what our listeners are looking for. So I really want to thank you once again, Brian Johnson, for coming on and uh, and really offering just some great, clear tips uh, we learned a lot from you today, and I really want to thank you for, uh, on behalf of our listeners for, uh, for sharing all of your information with us. Much appreciated, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 